All right, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Staying warm? Uh, hey, come on. It's, we only got till what, May, and it'll, you know, we'll be fine, right? Come on, we're tough, right? We're tough in Chicago. My name is Dave Ferguson. I'm the lead pastor here in Chicago, and I get to oversee all of our, our locations, and I love doing that, and we're in a great series. And I'll tell you, here's where I want to start. Um, there are some status symbols that just universally we all recognize when we see them, so I'm just going to throw a few up here, and just out loud, out loud, you're going to know them. You shout it out. Everybody just together, shout out the name of the company that these logos represent, okay? Here we go. Here's the first one. That's right. Starbucks, right? Carry that cup. Helps everybody recognize that I have great taste in coffee and I'm willing to spend twice as much as I should, even though I like Dunkin' Donuts better. <laughs> right? Status symbol. All right, here's another one. Everybody, what is this one? Right? Been wearing those shoes for 20 years. They tell people, tell people I'm athletic. What are you laughing about? <laughs> even though I've probably ran once, like since Halloween, right? Status symbol. Um, what's this one? Say it out loud. Right. Makes people think I'm cool and I'm tech savvy and um, I'm willing to pay $500 more than I need to for a laptop. And we've all done it. Status symbols are this thing that are not just a product of our modern consumeristic culture. But actually the obsession with status is nothing new at all. People have been compelled to kind of impress other people, make other people think they're awesome through their stuff for a long, long time. Did a little homework on this. This is interesting to me. Did you know that one time that actually board games, board games, if you go back to the, the Middle Ages, board games were, were kind of a status symbol. It meant that if you had time to sit down and play a board game, that meant you didn't have to work out in the field. So you could just set up, you could set like a Monopoly game out on your dining room table and everybody go, ooh, check you out. Parker Brothers, Nice. Did you know this? Did you know that uh, this thing right here, what is that there? Pineapple. Pineapples were a status symbol in Europe just a couple hundred years ago. Um, if you had a pineapple, it meant that you were rich enough that you could afford imported goods. And they would import these for parties. They wouldn't eat them. They would just display them. And if you couldn't, this is actually true, and if you couldn't afford them, you could actually rent pineapples and impress your friends. How about this one? Anybody remember this modern status symbol? Remember that? Boombox? What was that? It was like the 70s, 80s, right? Like that giant cassette tape player you hold on your shoulder. The bigger, the better, right? How cool that was. Well, here's the deal. We're, we're in a series called Lies We Believe. And I think this is such an important series, such an important series, because it's all about our identity. This is about who we truly are. And the lies that keep us from really understanding our true, genuine identity. And what we're coming to understand as a community, this is very, very important, that our true identity is only found in our relationship with God. And that God the Father, He says these things to us. He says, you are my child. He says that you are loved. He says, I am pleased with you. I'll tell you what, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn to somebody. Just turn to somebody right now and look at them and go like, God loves you. God says He loves you you got to say it with thumbs, though, okay, because you're delivering the message. Now turn to someone and says this, you are God's child. Now turn to someone and say this. I want you to say, God is pleased with you. Now here's the thing. All those things, right, that you're God's child, that he loves you, he's pleased with you. It's hard for that to sink into our head and then well, way down into our hearts and for us not only to know it, but to really believe it. So I'll tell you one more time, okay, turn to that person. I want you to just wag your finger and say, God needs you. That's right. 
Because here's the thing. Here's what's going to happen. Understand this. As soon as you walk outside those doors, you're going to walk out there. You may stop for a little bit, then you're going to go back to your car. As soon as you walk outside those doors, you're walking into, into a world that says your identity is based on the things that you possess. We call that the possession lie. That I am what I have. And it might be the possessions you have. It might be the position you hold. It might be power that you control. But the message is this. The message is what we have determines who we are. And that's why it's so important what we're talking about. Let let me kind of illustrate. Up until two years ago, a couple years ago, I I drove a 1995 Toyota Paseo. Um, The desire of of every middle-aged man. And after about 150,000 miles, it finally bit the dust, so I donated it to Cars of Hope. This car was so bad, Cars of Hope didn't even keep it. They sold it and kept the money to repair other cars to give to people who don't have cars. That's how bad this car was. So I went out, and I got on Craigslist, and I bought a brand-new to me, brand-new to me, 2005 Honda Civic. I bought it from a young couple up in the northwest suburbs. She was pregnant, and they were looking for a minivan. I was, it was awesome. And I remember leaving the northwest suburbs, driving back down to Naperville, and I was like, I, I had this, the, my gun gray 2005 Honda Civic, and I was driving, and I was. I mean, I was going like, I am awesome. <laughs> for real, all right? I mean, because this car, okay, and you don't know what the Paseo was like. This car, I mean, this car now, I actually had a CD player and a radio. The other car didn't have, well, it used to back in the day, but for about four years, it was broken, never got it fixed. All right? This car actually had an air conditioner. I, I, like it, I, like, I used to, I drive around in the Paseo, and I had like, this is so nasty. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this. This is not my notes. I had like a little, this like sweat rag. So when I'd sweat, I'd open up my shirt, and I'd just, ugh, like that. And then, and then I'd throw it on the floor, and then I'd come and talk to you guys. Okay? That's what it was. My, 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 my Civic, it, had like, it has a spoiler, this cool spoiler, right? Now, I thought this was an awesome car. I, I love this car. Until, 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 and this just happened this last year, my wife Sue, my wife Sue, she, 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 drove, she drove a van. We're not great with cars. She drove this van that her, our, her parents had given us, and it finally rusted out, had more than 200,000 miles, and, she, and we went out and we got her a 2008 Mazda CR9. So nice. So much better. And, and this, this possession life starts whispering to me. It says, wow, look at those leather seats that warm up and keep your butt warm. That is nice. I didn't even know they had that. It, it had one of those like camera deals, right? Where you back up, you can see what's behind you when you're backing up. I'm going, That's pretty cool. It had like this little jack. I, I didn't know they made this. So when you take your iPhone, you can plug it in, you can listen to music. I'm going, wow, technology, check that out. Then my neighbor across the street backs up, okay, backs up into my gun gray 2005 Honda Civic and ding, smashes like the, the side of my driver's side car door. I know. And so now, like in the, la- the last few weeks, I'm driving my car, thinking about Sue's car, looking at my Honda Civic, and I'm going like, my car sucks. <laughs> and here's what, I'm, I'm just gonna, in my head, and ask Sue, I say, I need what? I need what? I need, I need a new car. I need a new car. Do you ever find yourself feeling that way, feeling better about yourself because all of a sudden you're driving a new car, you're wearing some new kind of clothes or, you know, or, or, or some kind of thing that you have? Or do you ever, on the flip side, think about the flip side of this. Do you ever feel bad about yourself because of something you don't have? You know, all my, all my friends, you know, they, they, got, they got the iPhone 6. Look at this. Man, I got an iPhone 5. Right? Or you look at your house, you're like, no, I don't have a, I don't have a bigger house or a better house. I don't have a higher paying job by now. 
And I'm telling you, this possession lie is so powerful, so powerful, because it preys on something we all struggle with. All of us struggle with this. And it's this inner sense of dissatisfaction. And I think this is, a, this is a lie from the evil one, from Satan himself. Dissatisfaction. I'm dissatisfied with who I am. I'm dissatisfied with what I have. And I'm dissatisfied with the hand that God's done and dealt me in life. And so here's where we get tripped up. We start feeling this. All of us felt this, right? You know, talking about this dissatisfaction. And we start thinking to ourselves, oh, maybe some stuff, maybe material things, that'll fix things. That'll numb, that'll numb this underlying dissatisfaction. That'll make me feel better. And guess what? It does. It does. For a while. A short while. A short while. I want to show you a clip. This is, um, I don't know, any Parks and Recs fans? Anybody like Parks and Recs? We got a few people. Yeah, I don't know. I loved it. I was kind of disappointed. It came to an end. Uh, One of my favorite episodes is called Treat Yourself. And uh, they kind of fell, fell prey to the possession lie. Here we go. Three words for you. Treat yourself. Treat yourself 2011. Once a year, Donna and I spend a day treating ourselves. What do we treat ourselves to? Clothes. Treat yourself. Fragrances. Treat yourself. Massages. Treat yourself. Mimosas. Treat yourself. Fine leather goods. Treat yourself. It's the best day of the year. The best day of the year. I got a question. Mm -hmm. What do you think about inviting Ben to come along with us today? Why no? This is our thing. He really seems like he could use a day off. He's like a skinny little rubber band that's about to snap in half. I really want this dress, and I like this crystal beetle, but it's expensive, and there's no use for it. Don Amigo, treat yourself. Velvet slippies, cashmere socks, velvet pants, cashmere turtle. I'm a cashmere velvet candy cane. Treat yourself. This is insane. Man, did you buy anything for yourself today? Yeah, I got this pack of socks. Plain white socks? That's not a treat. Don, get me away from him. Maybe this is our version of Treat Yourself Day, and he needs to do his version. What are you talking about? Why, if you could blow big money on one thing, not sock money, what would it be? This is a whole new level of nerd. You're right. This is ridiculous. What am I doing? Wait, no, 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 no. I mean that in a good way, Ben. Listen to me. You're part of the Treat Yourself team now, okay? If that costume somehow makes you happy, you're going to buy it. You're going to wear it out of the store, okay? You're going to treat yourself. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to... I'm going to treat myself. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. I really needed this. I'm gonna treat myself. Uh oh, Batman's crying. <laughs> oh. All right, here, here, here's the deal. And, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit you really hard, and I'm gonna back off and hit you again. Treat, treat yourself, okay? Fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, that's what God does for you. The Bible even says every good and perfect gift, every good and perfect gift, everything you enjoy comes from God Himself, okay? That's not the problem. The problem is not enjoying things. In fact, God gave you things to enjoy. The problem is this. The problem is when those things are the things in which we try to find our ultimate fulfillment. The problem is when we look to possessions to actually determine how we feel about ourselves. When we look to possessions to determine our identity, our whole world gets screwed up then. And I don't mean just your world. I'm talking about the whole world gets screwed up. 
Richard Foster, brilliant spiritual leader, he, he wrote this, and he exposes this possession light. Check this out and just take this in. He says, because we lack a divine center, a divine center, because we don't feel like, we don't have God at the center of our lives to determine who we are. Because we lack that, when we lack that, he says, our need for security has led us to an insane attachment of things. We must all understand the lust for affluence in contemporary society is psychotic. He's saying it's crazy. You know what crazy is, right? The definition of crazy? You do the same thing over and over again expecting a different result. And isn't that what we do with stuff? And then he goes on. This is so smart. It is psychotic because it has completely lost touch with the reality. We crave things we neither need nor enjoy. We buy things we do not want to impress people we do not like. We are made to feel ashamed to wear clothes or drive cars until they're worn out. I mean, we, we can just sit and think about that for the next 20 minutes. Why don't we? The mass media have convinced us that to be out of step with fashion is to be out of step with reality, and it's time they awaken to the fact that conformity to a sick society means to be sick. And what he's doing, he exposes the possession lie. And so here's what we're going to do today. We just want to kind of tell the truth. We're in this series, and we've been looking at the story of Jesus in Luke chapter 4, but him in this, in the, going through the temptations. If you weren't here last week, let me kind of bring you back up to speed. Jesus is starting his public ministry. Okay, up to this point, he's about 30 years of age. He, he's lived in relative obscurity. Nobody knows who he is. He hasn't really accomplished a lot, but guess what? He has to save the whole world. That's on his agenda. So Jesus' ministry begins with him actually getting baptized. That's, how, that's, that, that's the initiating point of his, of his ministry, of his different, the difference-making of his, of his life. And the voice of the Father says this about Jesus as he comes up out of the waters. He says, you are my son. You're the one that I love. It's you with whom I am well pleased. And with that, Jesus then understands his identity and he begins his difference-making in the world. And the same thing happens with every one of us here. God designed you to make a difference in the world, but before you can ever do that, you've got to get clear about your identity. And when you come back to God, what he does, especially in baptism, I think it's an important event for you, that's a marker event where he says, no, listen, you are a child of God. I love you. And as you are, I am pleased with you. Go forward into the world, know your identity, and you make a difference based on that. But after his baptism, look what happens. This happens to all of us. He goes in the desert for solitude and prayer, and the devil shows up. And he tempts him with this possession lie. If we look here in Luke chapter 4, verses 5 through 7, look what it says here. It says, The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. This is Satan speaking to him. The whole thing's a big fabrication. Look what he says. I'll give you all their authority, all their splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone if I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Now put yourself kind of in Jesus' shoes here for a minute. And sometimes, sometimes we only see Jesus as kind of like a, like a, just like a, a superhero who's absolutely invincible. But we have to also remember Jesus was a human being. He was a person. He walked this earth, went through all the same stuff. Hebrews says this in Hebrews 4.15. He's one who's been tempted in every way that we're tempted. And so you know what that means? That means every once in a while, he had this thought. He was like, man, I want to treat yourself. <laughs> so what Satan does, he takes him up. Let's just imagine this. He takes him up to the 103rd floor of the Sears Tower, the observatory deck, and he shows him all of Chicago land. 
He says, look over there up on the North Shore. See how those people live up there? Ooh, wouldn't that be nice? What if you could be like the people up in Winnetka or on the Gold Coast? All this could be yours. And what does he have to do for all that to be his? It says he has to bow down and worship. And here's something we need to understand about the possession line. It always involves us bowing down and worshiping something other than the real God. If we keep reading here, and here's why Jesus responds the way he does. It's a chapter later. Jesus gives a stern warning about the possession line. He says this in Luke 12, 15. He says, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist. Help me out this. Life does not consist in the abundance of what? Possessions. Boom. Right there. I don't think I've ever met somebody who's, who, who would say, I want to be greedy. I don't think I've ever met anybody who said, I want to be greedy. And I have a hunch, I, I could, we could just start over here and we could have a one-on-one and we kind of work our way around. And I bet every, every person here I could just talk to. And no, there's probably not a person in the room anywhere in here who go like, oh, that's part of my goal. I want to be greedy. But instead, but Jesus does, he says, watch out, watch out. Because this greed thing, it's sneaky. You've got to be vigilant against it. Because it'll sneak in a lot of different ways. It'll grab your heart. And see, greed is simply this kind of this, this, this wanting more and more and more, thinking it's going to accomplish something internal it was never, ever meant to accomplish. And, and let, let's be honest. Don't you find yourself wanting more? I'll tell you what, this is going to be one of those. Do you find yourself wanting more? Come on. Yeah. I mean, I got a great TV at home. I got a great TV. It's a big screen TV. You know what I want? I want a bigger TV. Right? I was walking through the mall the other day, and, uh, and I, Sue and I were, we were doing a little shopping, and I was kind of along for the ride. And I, and I don't know, three or four times I saw, saw a display of Fitbit. You know the Fitbits? Yeah. I want a Fitbit. I don't even know what it does. It just looked cool. <laughs> I, just, I want a Fitbit. And I do. I have an iPhone 5, and a lot of people around here got iPhone 6. And I don't even know the difference, really, but I do. There's a part. I want an iPhone 6. I mean, 6 is bigger than 5. Shouldn't I have a 6? And, and Sue texted me the other day. She's like, hey, what do you want for Christmas? You know, I'm gonna t- I want an Apple Watch. You know what? That Apple Watch probably doesn't do anything that my iPhone 5 doesn't do, but I, it would just be, it would, wouldn't that be awesome if I had an Apple Watch? <laughs> Who's with me? Who wants an Apple Watch? See, right? I mean, it's just, I don't know why. It's just awesome. Then I wouldn't need a Fitbit? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Look at that. <laughs> Sue's saying no. You know what I really want? I want a car like my wife's. That's what I really want. And here's the thing. Here's what happens. I know what happens. If I go out and acquire those things, some of those things, they're going to feel good, right? You know that rush, that rush you get when you get that new, shiny, whatever the thing is. It feels good for a while. But in no time, I'll be back where I started. I'll, I'll, I'll have my Fitbit on. I'll be sitting on my couch watching my slightly bigger TV. I'll be checking my Apple Watch, you know, surfing the net there like that. You know, wondering, why did I buy that slightly newer car than Sue's? Well, I know pretty soon my neighbor's going to, you know, drive out and going to ding it. And I'm going to hate that car too. Why am I doing all this? And that's why Jesus says, be, watch out, be on your guard against all this greed. Because life, life, real life, okay, you knowing who you are and making a difference in the world doesn't consist in the abundance of possessions. We've got to get this. Because if we don't, what will happen is ultimately we'll end up worshiping these things. And you're going, oh, wait a minute, wait, I don't worship these things. Here, the truth is most of us, most of us do. And let's just be honest. We spend money... On, 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 that we don't have to acquire things we don't need to impress people we don't like. And why do we do that? We do it to fulfill an emptiness that only God can fill. 
Hear me on that. We do that to fill an emptiness that only God can fill. And when any time we try to put something inside of us that where God was supposed to be, that's worship. That's worship. And so Jesus doesn't buy into the possession lie. He says this. He says, listen, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Serve him only. And what we have to understand, and I want you to hear me. Hear me on this, okay? And I think this is part of the reason God brought you here today is he wants you to hear from him through me right now. Here's who you really are. You're God's child. You are God's, hear me people, you are God's child. And he loves you. I don't know who hasn't loved you or who should have loved you, didn't love you, but I'm telling you, he loves you. Let it sink in, man. Let, let, that, let that sink in in your head. Let it kind of, let it, let it feel, feel that in your heart. He loves you. And beyond that too, because sometimes we go like, well, he has to. No, 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 he doesn't just have to. He's pleased with you. He, doesn't that feel, that's, like he is pleased. He's pleased with you. And here's why this is so important. I remember a guy said, I don't remember who said it, but it's just stuck with me. Identity always precedes behavior. Identity always precedes behavior. We've got to get clear about who we are, and then we'll begin to behave in a way that's honoring to God and makes a difference in the world. All good kinds of cool stuff happens. All right, if you're clear about who you are, you're God's child. He loves you, and he's pleased with you. Here's where I want to challenge you. Okay, and now it's in the area of behavior. Identity precedes behavior. The clearest no to this possession lie, this possession lie is a big, bold yes to generosity. A big, bold yes to generosity. Jesus said this. He said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And here's what I want to challenge you. And, and, if, you, and, and if you'll allow me, I, I'm asking for this today. I am asking for 100% participation. I don't care if you're here for the first time or you've been coming to this church for 20 years. I'm asking that for 100% participation for your own good and what I'm about to challenge you to do. All right? I'm going to give you three different challenges. And you can pick one, two, or three of them if you want. Here's challenge number one. Okay? Because the biggest, the, the, the clearest note of the possession lie is a yes to generosity. And here's the first thing. I want you to give something away. Give something valuable away this week. I want you just to make a declaration going, like, you know what? I am not attached to that stuff. I'm going to give, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give something away. Some of you know this is true. You know, as we were talking and I was kind of joking about things, you've purchased things in the, in the last few weeks just to kind of make your feel, to feel better, to get a quick fix. And you need to make a bold declaration, a, a bold no to the possession lie. And it, it, maybe it's an item of clothing where you need to go, you know what? I haven't even worn it yet. I'm just going to give it to a friend. I, I'm, I'm going I'm to take it back and get the money for it. I'm going to give it to something, something more worthwhile. I'm going to take it to a thrift store. I'm going to take it to Goodwill. I'm going to do something. For some of you, maybe, maybe it's a video game. And you're going to give it to someone else who can't afford it. Or maybe it's an electronic device that you just, you know, I don't know, you just had gadget. You had to have it. It was a Fitbit. You got, well, I got a Fitbit. And you're going to take it back to, to Best Buy or wherever it is. And you're going to, is Best Buy still open? Okay, take it back to Best Buy. Okay, get your money back. And you're going you're to give it to some place that feeds, feeds homeless people over Thanksgiving. For, for some of you, it's a, it's a big ticket deal. It's a big ticket deal. And you know it's just a shiny toy. And what you're going to do is you're... you're you're actually, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna give that valuable thing away. Are you with me? I'm, I'm telling you, I really, I want, I want everybody to do this. Because I, I think a, a, the best way to make a big, bold no to the possession lie is a yes to generosity. Here, here's the second thing you could do. You decide to do without something. 
Okay, we're coming up on Black Friday, right? Black Friday, I mean, good grief. I mean, the possession lie is like a megaphone this week, right? That's what's going on. And, 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 and Black Friday, it's, it's not as much. It's, I mean, yeah, it's kind of about buying for other people, but it's also about buying for ourselves, right? And what some of you need to do is you need to say, you know what? I'm making a decision that I'm not going to buy certain things. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm actually going to do without something. I, I, had a, I, have a, I have a friend in Kansas City, um, and she's just, for a whole year, she, she felt like she went on a fast where she bought no clothes for herself. A whole year. Said, you know what? I'm not going to buy any clothes for myself for a whole year. And part of it for her was just to make a, she just wanted to have a clear declaration about who she was, that she was not addicted to having to have the latest fashion, latest stuff, that I already have enough. And I'm telling you, for some of you, you said, you know what? I'm going to do without something. And again, I'm asking for everybody. I want you guys, you got my email in the program. I want you to email me and tell me what you're doing. You guys, all, all whatever we got, 600 folks, 700 folks, you just email me and tell me what you did this week. Here's a third thing you can do. Take your program, okay? Take your program. For some of you, the most valuable thing you can do to give away is not your possessions or your money, but actually your time. So what if you gave some of your time away? We got, we, in the program here, we got a whole, actually our teams are doing great, but they could use, they could use some more play. And you, and you need to serve because we're wired up that way. And if I, and any of these are opportunities for you, but if I could highlight just one of them, one of them, Community 412, Saturday Stars. We got some kids over in East Aurora that were meant, that were tutoring, and we, we need about, we need about 15, 15, 20 more tutors over there. And for some of you, the best way for you to say no to the possession lies is say yes to give away some of your time. Fill that out, stick it in the, the offering bucket when it passes by, and it'll be just a bold declaration. You know what? No, that's, that doesn't determine my identity. This kind of stuff determines who I am. Here's, here, here's the bottom line. There is a powerful lie at work in our culture, and this lie measures our status by possessions, and it whispers to you, you are what you have. You are what you have. And it is rampant in our community. Don't you believe it? Don't you dare believe it? You and I, we are not what we have. What we are is you are a beloved child of God. He loves you and he's pleased with you. And you have a father who's not known for greed, but he's known for generosity. Generosity, it's, it's a family trait. It's a part of our God-given, God-given identity. Let's pray. Father God, I ask that you help us to resist, maybe this time of year more than ever before, this possession line that says we are what we have. But Lord, help us to hear your Holy Spirit's voice, that same voice that spoke to your son and said that, you are, you are, that he is loved, that he is, that he is your son, and that you are well pleased. And help us to hear that same voice inside us every day, Monday through Friday, as we go into work, as we go back to our neighbors, as we go back to school. Help us to battle that possession lie with your Holy Spirit. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.